forget the record button. Hey there, friend. Welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast. An amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. Corey, with a story. Welcome back, everyone. This what is Inside are... the Actor's Studio. Uh, what do we got on the docket today, Corey? Uh, today we've got uh, two, I'm going to say, wonderful films uh, brought to you by acclaimed director Kenneth Branagh from Thor fame. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter Chamber Secrets, yeah. And uh, all the Shakespearean movie adaptations, which honestly did not know he starred in it until I flipped it on. And, oh, uh, he didn't? Because, yeah, he stars no. in the, the, the first few of his movies. Or the, his, <laughs> his big Shakespeare ones, I think he stars in all of them. Yeah, and I have some notes about that that I think are kind of funny. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a period piece with a nice little uh, semi-autobiographical tale of his youth. Yeah, um, so I my experience with the the, with, with the Kenster, um, go, I, probably, I think I first saw Much Ado About Nothing in high school um, for some kind of Shakespeare thing. And I remember it being really interesting. But I'd probably—I think everyone was kind of just riffing, riffing on it too much to uh, mm. get to really watch it. Um, but I remember it was, the casting was always really interesting to me. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I haven't seen really much beyond that. But I've always been interested. Uh, I've seen a, quite a bit of—not quite a bit—but I've seen a few Shakespeare things, and I've had experience with reading some Shakespeare. Um, you know, that's re- the basics, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's this guy's obviously got a, a love for the stage and uh, Shakespeare in particular, and they say that he's the um the best has been the best at adapting Shakespeare to the to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been his reputation. So I've always been interested in coming back to um, the ones that I've seen and the ones that I haven't, and uh, and trying and rediscovering that for myself. Yeah, this was um, got me a little bit more encouraged to watch the other ones because I thought this was while yeah, it, it it there are points in this that uh, are a bit slow. It was, it was definitely interesting to. We're talking about Belfast. A, you're talking about. Oh, I was talking about. Uh, Sorry, I'm not able to help. The uh, like make me want to go back and watch more of the other Shakespearean ones because uh, it's 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 very interesting how it's done because it's it still feels like a play but it's uh, you know more than that. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, so Belfast. So we can talk about that. Well, like, before we do, do you have what? Do you have any? Do you have what's your Shakespeare experience? Um, not a lot. Just whatever we did in high school. I was at known, well known as not a reader. Um, I don't think I finished my first book, like outside of school, until a couple years ago. Um, but I think if Julius Caesar's Shakespeare, I've, I've read that in yeah, school. I've, and, I've uh, seen that and read it. And then the just Romeo and Juliet and parts of Hamlet. Um, like, yeah. But I like nothing from Macbeth or, or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I know. I I knew Macbeth, um, Jul- Romeo and Juliet, and I've read uh, and Julius Caesar I've read. I've seen Julius Caesar. 
Um, I think I've seen Romeo and Juliet. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. So it's not that much different, really. Um, was your was your Romeo and Juliet uh, movie choice the Leonardo DiCaprio one? That doesn't count. That doesn't count. The nice edgy. That's one. not a. I mean, that's good. I like that movie. I will defend that movie. But um, <laughs> as far as our actual like, does it count as what experiencing Shakespeare? I think nay. Um, <laughs> And that was so weird because they like kept the old Shakespearean dialogue, but it's all modern. It's just so it's so wild. So uh, many guns. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that movie though. I've always liked that movie. <laughs> um, what uh? So all right, let's talk about Belfast. All right, diving in. What did you think of it uh, off the top? What are your first? Uh, well, I I, uh, I think the best way to describe it is Oscar bait. Um, and I think it's like quintessential Oscar bait where it is a very good movie, but it, maybe it's like, you know, people like hype it up a little more than, uh, than it actually is that good. I think mm. it's kind of, that's kind of where it's at for me. Um, I usually like all the movies to get nominated for best, uh, best picture, but there's always some that are like, okay, yeah, this is very good, but it's not on the level of art. Of for me as some of the, mm. as some of these other ones, and I kind of think that's where it's at. Like I think I like the French Dispatch a lot more than this, for example. Mm. Um, and I don't think I don't know if that's necessarily going to get nominated for anything like Grand Budapest did. Yeah. Um, but, I can agree with you on that. But um, this was a really really good slice of life film um, uh, about a boy growing up, and I think you mentioned it it's semi autobiographical. Um, about Kenneth Branagh's life, uh, Kenneth. My experience with Kenneth Branagh, I forgot to mention. I, I mainly, like I said, know him from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, that was my first experience. I've seen him in other things, but I think that was like uh, what burned the actor's face into my brain, as you know, because growing up. And then, mm. uh, I, yeah, I've seen Thor, um, but uh, I forgot to mention that as well. Uh, but, uh, so it was interesting. I don't really have any kind of attachment to him though as a human being. So I was kind of, didn't give a shit that it was about, if it was about him. So I was trying to just enjoy it as a movie and what it was. And, uh, um, I did really like it. I really like the slice of life parts. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, which is a lot of it, but, the the, like the, the boy, the, the, the kid who plays Jude Hill, I believe his name is Buddy. Mm. Uh, he's a really good kid actor. Um, I think that he might have uh, the Jojo Rabbit kid beat um, mm. as uh, my favorite kid actor of uh, yeah no of our of, of best boys. <laughs> um, I guess it's either him or you got the kid from uh, from Boy. Um, oh, he's really good too. Uh, you got to call the award the best boy award. Then. The best boy award. I think Jude Hill is in my in my front running. Yeah, we'll have to do best boy awards at some point. Um, maybe round <laughs> round Oscar season. Yeah. Uh, and he was really good. Uh, the rest of the cast, oh, the cast is is great, and it's kind of this movie's carried not carried by its cast, but that they bring uh, convey a lot of the emotion. Um, mm. Buddy's mother, played by uh, I'm I don't know if I'm gonna say this right, Kytriona uh, Mary Balfa. Uh, she's Irish. Um, yeah, the mom is an excellent performance. Uh, Judy Dench as well as the grandmother has an excellent performance, and yep. uh, she's in both of these movies. Um, but it's so it's wild to see her in the '80s 
and then see her today and she's in her 80s. Um, yeah, and, was, and I didn't even know it was Judy Dench until after the like till the credits. She's very old. Um, yeah, and then uh, Sierra Hines is obviously excellent as uh, the grandfather, which I know him. I actually recognized that actor first from uh, um, Game of Thrones. Uh, he's a character on Game of Thrones. You're gonna have to watch Game of Thrones because there's a lot of good actors, a lot of good British actors on that show. Like, like uh, they just like get the deep cuts, you know. HBO is so good at casting. Um, I am. I've decided that I am an HBO HBO stan as far as their their shows. Oh, I um, am. It's the best shows ever. All of them, you know, not all of them, but like they have a consistently good crop. Yeah, they are so high, and I can say this like knowing some of the internal stuff, but it is they're so highly curated, and it's to the benefit of the network. That's good. Um, yeah, there's like there's not enough of that in media, and yeah. uh, it's good that it's commercially viable. Um, but anyways, digressing. Um, the cast is excellent. Um, I think the cinematography also is really good. Um, yes, it's a, some a of it is a little that. bit like you know, paint you know rain on a flowering can grayscale like i feel like we've all seen like a stock photo that looks like that but it does it the sound design i thought was good in those moments as well for the with the rain and stuff i liked mm -hmm. all that um the one thing that i and i saw a critique of this and um i don't know if i adopted this uh opinion or i just wanted to echo it because i thought it was interesting so take it with a grain of salt but they uh, they brought up the editing um that like that there were some moments that maybe could have sat longer that in other indie movies, they might've made put it a little bit more of a slower burn. This doesn't burn too slow. Um, mm -hmm. it is a, it is a, uh, indie slice of life. When I say that it is like some level of, um, slow burn to it, but I compare this movie to something like Minari, which is also another slice of life film, like trying to make it in a, in a you know weird time and yeah. or a new world or whatever, um, and I think that that's that's something that separates this film uh, that separates Minari from something like this is like that's another there's like more um, power from the movie. Uh, I don't know, like I did have a lot of emotion and connection to this movie. I will like it mm -hmm. resonated with me in a way, but at the same time there were things that that like that ha that would happen. There was a few particular scenes um, that I thought were a little over the top. Um, we talked about uh, the politics beforehand, mm. um, and I will let you go and get in and say some stuff. But uh, I and like I think that the politics was a big part of the movie, and I think that's where the movie. I was interested in the history and the things happening, but there were just scenes, particularly the guy who plays Billy Clanton, the asshole gang like union. I don't know, gang guy <laughs> in town. And, the, like, uh, the guy trying to like wrangle Protestants together. Yeah, yeah. He's I wasn't crazy about his performance, and some mm. of the scenes later on the movie were cheesy. And the final scene with him and the dad, or him versus the dad, was very cheesy. Um, and that's kind of like what that's like. That scene in particular is kind of like my problems with the movie as a whole. Mm. Um, which is not I, huge. It's like not that. Not that it makes it a bad movie to me. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's very good, and I think it's near great. Um, but uh, but the stuff like that takes it down a little bit for me. What do you What do you want to think? Uh, we'll piggybacking off of that. I I definitely can see that for the for the ending. It's very much kind of like this is you feel like all right. This is just a movie kind of ending. Um, the dance scenes I also didn't like. 
I thought the dance, the dancing scene scene was cheesy. Um, just the way it was done. I don't know. Like it wasn't it, like it was fine. Like I was fine with it. And, but it was this thing. Like I thought it could have ended in a more impactful way. Yeah. The um. I don't know. I just overall, I I just enjoyed it, and uh, but my overall thing, like coming out of the movie, was just like this is this is the one of the easiest watches I think for a person because coming in at a uh, hundred and thirty or not hundred thirty an hour and thirty seven minutes, uh, it is. I feel like that's such a sweet spot, like hour forty five, just under around there anymore. Especially after all these like crazy long two and a half hour movies and and things like that. But uh, the, the acting in this and the cast be like of who it is and how they all work together is just like butter. Every word, and I know that's partially because the Irish accents to me just sound so smooth and just like run on. But it's just like even in the tense scenes, like there's not yelling. It's just like very stern, straight, like very subdued line delivery, and it's just not a in in a way how Wes Anderson's are like visually satisfying. That was just very auditorily at satisfying to listen to like all the dialogue in the film um but speaking of the the actor performances though i i think any scene that had the boy with the grandfather and the grandmother was one of the greatest scenes some of the greatest scenes i've seen in cinema for that kind of stuff that it was just so well done and felt so natural it just like just i don't know it just reminded me of like when we were kids talking to pap yeah absolutely this this that's what the scenes with the grandfather and the grandmother the, I just want to splurt this out while I, while I, I got it on my mind. The scene yeah. with the Judy Dench is in the window. The grandpap is on the uh, it's like at the workbench, and the kids sitting on the outside toilet, and uh, they're like having a conversation. And it's like they all can't see each other, but because everything's so close, uh, and you're all living to, you know near each other, that mm-hmm. everyone hears what everyone else is doing, um, and you you see that. I thought that was really really the cool that was a really cool shot. I thought it was a really good scene. It was one of my favorite mm. parts. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Just everything, I, the bickering between the grandparents, I always thought was really cute and adorable. But everything that the grandpa says to the to Buddy is like it's it's joking and fun, but it also is like solid advice things in there and and just very encouraging of just being like being yourself kind of stuff, especially when it comes to him trying to get the the girl uh, that he likes to them to sit next to each other and him to ask her out. Um, it was just so good. And I think like the scenes like that is just what sold me so much on this movie and, and the stuff with the grandpa getting sick later pulled on the heartstrings and the exact, I know this is, this is what makes it more Oscar baby, but it just, it hit me and it hit me so good. Um, teared up so much. Uh, and it's, it's, I, when a movie does that, it's such a, such a great feeling, um, not to be sad, but to just like emote and feel something just from a, you know, an experience of being there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So you brought up the cinematography earlier and I loved every part about this. The, I love that everything was just small head in the bottom middle of the frame, which I love that behind Uh, the, the, the scene with the boy talking to the grandfather and Mm -hmm. they're both of their heads are in the bottom right corner, but they're on Mm -hmm. different sides of the tape of the, you know, the table or whatever. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Even like the head on ones, whenever the, um, the dad is talking to the the Protestant gang guy, and you just see like the sky. You, you're able to see the sky, the entirety of the house, everyone behind him in the family, and just his head and just the bottom little bit. But even though he's such a small part of the frame, the dialogue delivery you still get that intense and from the performance of it, and it's just such a cool way to balance out the visual. Um, 
and make it look you know unique but still have the right impact and still convey what you need it to convey um because it's hard you know every every how the frame looks and any subtle changes can can completely change how a, a scene is conveyed and uh definitely definitely thought that was super cool uh might steal it for for some stuff later <laughs> um but. no that's cool that's what it's all about baby uh y yeah um I liked although this yeah the cinematography was great. Um what did you think about that at ed the editing uh critique about uh um that you could have like you could have had it dwell on some of these moments mm -hmm. a little longer uh and like pace it more um yeah. slowly take its time and then it could have been a 2 hour movie and it could have took its time a little bit with some of this stuff. Um but yeah I what did you think about that? I don't think that I necessarily like when I left, I didn't feel that way. And in, in looking back on it, I there's definitely thing. The only things I would want to be a little bit longer are just the stuff with the boy and the grandfather. Yeah, um, I agree. That's all I but, uh, Other than Yeah, I was gonna say other than that, I just I, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine paced. I, I like the time, you know, maybe add bump it up to 145 hour 45 uh with just a little bit more um you know more intimate heartfelt stuff between the boy and the grandfather before he passes and and i think i, I think it's solid as it is um do you but do you agree with that sentiment i know you mentioned earlier that uh i it. i don't know if i don't know if i want it to be longer but um but i also like because i was honestly surprised that i did thought it dragged at one point about three fourths mm. Right before the the big riot happened, mm -hmm. um, I was like starting to like okay. I thought this was a short movie; it should be wrapping up soon. And mm -hmm. um, there was still a decent amount of movie even after that because like the dancing. And then I did like I, we forgot to mention this with the intro and the outro were of uh, in color of modern Belfast. And mm -hmm. and even though there was like a cheat, I don't know. It's like I loved it, but also thought it looked kind of like. 2000s at the same time like the font they used was very like 2000s to me um mm. but uh not in a bad way it just i think it was an aesthetic and i kind of I, mm -hmm. I didn't know if i liked it or not and i think i ended up really liking it um like yeah, i didn't have I so i didn't like have it. a problem with that but uh, uh real quick speaking of the color how did you feel about how anytime anything went to the t any kind of tv all oh yeah TV yeah color, yeah we should talk about that in black and white i um, think it's supposed to be how like signifies how like, Kenneth, you know, used that as an escape, and that was how he got into, you know, the film, and entertainment, and stage, and because it was all about being captivated with going to the movies and mm. seeing theater and and what have you. Because his family took him to that a lot to escape um, yeah. all the shit on the streets and getting caught up into the the gangs. Like there was all a lot of talk, like stay out of the gangs, boys, stay out of the gangs, and yeah. there's always constantly the the gang showing up trying to recruit them to do errands and then the, the his cousin thought they were gonna recruit him to like a fun little cute gang and just like steal candy and stuff and they and then later on you just find out that he's with the whole big ass mob and I, it was kind of i liked how they did that it was very yeah. abrupt um and but it was also then <laughs> like that's why I keep saying that I think the politics was such a through line because it was a mm. it was just a connective tissue through a lot of it. It might not have been like on the surface it was about the family and it was mm. about them struggling and this it's kind of like the average trope story mm. of like a struggling family trying to figure it out. Um, but and the politics and the the setting is what made it kind of different. Um, 
it was kind of like a movie about race without race. Um, mm-hmm. and just two groups of white people, just different religions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but kind of the same, uh, tropes kind of happen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that's to the movie's benefit, but also a little bit to the, to the movie's detriment. Um, and I, and I really was fascinated by getting a glimpse of it in the beginning, especially, I really liked the opening of the film mm-hmm. the first 45 minutes i was like a breeze to me like i was mm-hmm. very Agreed. interested and i was very very into it and then there just got to a point where i was like okay i'm ready to see the the ride like let's get this big ride over with because they were obviously pointing building it up because they're, they're mm-hmm. patrolling and waiting for it to happen again um and uh so i want to talk about the riot scene when you're ready but is there anything you want to discuss about uh, other than that uh yeah. yeah, two two things real quick. Uh, going back to the color thing, I uh, it's similar to what you're saying, but I read it as like hope, if that makes sense. Like a- anything that had color uh, on like the TVs and stuff was like because the real world sucks. Everyone's poor, no one has work, everything's falling apart, and so it's black and white and bleak. But uh, you know, everything that's on TV is is fiction and a fantasy. It's fantasy and, and escape. Uh, yeah, and so it's like a hope of this is what you know your life you want life to be or whatever, but it's, it's yeah. uh, like enough to go through. But uh, I, the other thing I want to say was, I think another came off enjoying this movie so much was, so when I saw this in the theater, I was the youngest person in that room by about 30 years. Um, uh, I, me and Riss were definitely the youngest people there also. There was uh it was, I would say it was about mm, somewhere between like a third and half filled. Um, and it was all old Irish people, and they laughed at every single Irish-related thing. And like that, like seeing all these people like having a good time and smiling about it, like you know, kind of like helps your mood and enjoying it and getting into it. And uh, that was just, I don't know, it was very interesting just watching like these 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 older people who have um, probably been there and have uh, or have family who have grown up in this time or whatever, and they're just getting to see like a modern take of it. Uh, it was super mm-hmm. cool. Just enhance the experience. The black and white makes it feel really old, but it's the sixties. I'm wondering if the sixties are old now, you know. Um yeah. that is like it like that's the oldies uh now. Um and uh it's a long time ago. But yeah, these people grew up people grew up in the sixties are getting old. Um Kenneth Branagh thinks in his sixties. I would imagine. Yeah. But he looked great in the panel I watched him at. I uh, I'm not sure what his exact age is, but he I would be he's 60 he on the like, he's 60 on the dot wow he looks excuse me he looks great for 60 um um uh, is I, I will say i didn't i wasn't crazy about the dad's performance uh it wasn't bad it just isn't doing anything for me and he was getting uh, overshadowed by all these other people kicking ass um and it was, so it was like i think everyone else was so good that he would mm. just didn't seem like he was on the same level as them yeah uh, yeah he isn't he the 50 the shades least. of gray he's the 50 shades of gray guy isn't he oh i i think you're right yeah i didn't even realize that <laughs> um damn what a guy yeah Multi, he's christian gray um but i was gonna say the because he's got he doesn't have nearly as much screen time as everyone else because he's always off working but uh i don't i I thought he he meant mixed well when he um is doing the scenes when the arguments with his wife that's so good she kills it she carries the scenes definitely your mom's so good Um, but like when she's like screaming talking about how she wrote a letter to make sure that there was no more taxes and then they found more taxes to pay and she's just screaming in the fight that whole thing was just so like 
fucked up because she was just trying to do a good thing and then it made everything worse and but like and no one's handling it well um ah there's so many yeah there's so many good scenes in this movie um but uh i'm ready yeah if you want to talk about the riot scene um i have a couple notes on that but I, i'll let you start yeah i think the riot scene's the weakest part uh, the second ryan is the weakest part of the movie i did like it at first um, I really, I laughed when the mom dragged Buddy back to the store. <laughs> like, so I, I think it may, it just, I remind, you know, I think we've all had a moment like that with our moms. Mm. And uh, I really like that. And the cousin stuff was funny. But then mm. as soon, so the final showdown um, is between Billy Clanton, the, the leader of the gang, the gangs, and the dad and the son, the other, uh, Buddy's brother, which we haven't really mm. talked about. Um, and, so they're having a showdown. Okay, whatever. But then all of a sudden, the riot police on both sides just line up perfectly behind them on each end. It was like the French Dispatch. Like, but they did it in that shit for like comics, like for comical yeah. effect and for like framing and all that kind of stuff. But this felt like a music video. This felt like a music video, like I was like Lincoln Park video or something. Um, and there's just riot police on both sides while the band's like rocking out. Um, and uh, take everything. Yeah, yeah, that video. Yeah, that video. Okay, stop, please stop. Um, yeah, no more. We'll get you get copy ID for that shit. Um, sorry. So. Yeah, so then the dad, oh, Billy Clanton throws out a pulls out a gun. He's gonna shoot the dad, and the dad's like, "Okay, don't." Uh, and he's gonna try to stop him. The the brother throws the dad a brick. The dad, it's poorly edited. The the yeah. the it's really badly bad. It's poorly edited. He throws Wait. the brick, and we're supposed to f- assume that he hits the gun out of his out of his hand with the brick Wait, or out of the way. Isn't he holding his wife or somebody hostage? Yeah, like yeah. You know, he's holding he's holding Bill, Buddy hostage. And then who threw? Wait, then who threw the rock, the brick at his dad? The dad, the brother. The brother gave the brick oh, to right, the yeah, dad, the and the dad okay, threw sorry, the brick yeah. at the asshole guy, the Merlin. Like, apparently, that yeah. guy plays Merlin on the show Merlin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, okay. Sorry, I, I know what you're talking about now. But uh, but I hated that. Hated that whole thing. After I was yeah. like, this movie's awesome. This movie's great. And then um, this movie is that scene right there just dropped it a whole star for me. Now, I wonder if because so the movie's from the, the buddy's perspective. I wonder if it's just one of those like it's how a, a child would remember it. Like, I know that I know what you mean about the editing on that. That was something that was a little bit kind of like, uh, like, we know what it's supposed to be. So we'll go with it. But it's not the cleanest thing. Um, but I wonder if it's just like how a boy would remember it where, where it's like this big heroic moment where you're seeing your dad do something like super heroic yeah yeah me and Ritz actually talked about this like yeah um i was just gonna say the style so this movie like randomly has the style in it um that comes out with the colored stuff and um i in like these like wrist brought up that in the beginning that there was a lot of low angles for how things were shot because i think it was supposed to be like from the kids perspective like a level of a child and i thought it was a really good observation Mm -hmm. um and that would kind of make sense why this thing is so theatrical at the end the showdown Mm -hmm. because it um 
because you know it's his perspective of how it is you know there's yeah. co- there's lines of riot police all around us and my dad's got to save the day and for some reason the cops just let yins go let let them go after that um but I it just I so that I guess I'm now seeing that that you pointed out and thinking about what Riss said but I think ultimately it just it doesn't work for me Gotcha. And I think the movie doesn't, it doesn't, it's like if it wants to dabble with that kind of style, it would have needed to go a little further. Mm. It's just not, it didn't dip its toes in far enough. And then what mm. you have is a largely normal, um, pretty normal slice of life film with these like moments of style that come up that aren't mm. like so crazy that like blow your mind like you know like Mulholland Drive when the goblin man's around the corner (laughs) like that kind of shit it's nothing like that and not that this movie needs that but um I think if they if that's if they wanted to get away with that excuse in that scene I think they would have needed to go harder into that and other moments more moments yeah Um, I agree I was gonna say the um yeah, if that was like a, a staple of the thing, is just like the 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 fanta, uh, phantasmal, I think that's the right word. Um, oh, just like the overall just fantasies that kids create and how they remember things and how things perspective. Exactly, there it is, perspective. Uh, because all of this movie, like they don't pull the punches on all of like the gritty stuff that happens in front of the kids and stuff. There is no, yeah like, anything like that. And if you're gonna keep that kind of realism, it, it it does feel a little bit out of place at the end there. I personally didn't mind it, but I totally see. Um, the critique of that and, and it totally makes sense uh, but I, for me it's not enough to like hate the scene but it's definitely like my whole thing was just like none of it felt big enough in that scene like the like the riot and everything it was a lot of people and they broke in or whatever and, the, and then it kind of goes gets brought down to a silliness whenever the mom comes in with the, the kids to return yeah to it felt like it was and about then, to get big and then yeah. it kind of fizzled <clears throat> and then you just go from silliness it tries to bring it back up to the high stakes but you've already deflated the situation by having this joke thing happen um, and well then you and have then, this ridiculous thing happen after that with this brick yeah. thing and it's it's <laughs> I, I like the mom thing but uh, do it dad <sighs> yeah do it Paul <laughs> get him Paul uh, that's what it felt like. Because to, to every single person just saying this guy's got a fucking line. gun. Well, uh, is there's like 30, 40 seconds of slow motion brick going? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like that, and I think I was sour. So by the then the dancing scene, I thought was a little cheesy, and then. I barely um, remembered it. the dancing scene was so insignificant. I forgot about. Well, because it, it didn't matter. Because that's what it yeah. means. Like this is just nothing, and I it's che- it's cheese. <laughs> Yeah, the movie should have just ended on Judy Dench's face when they drove away on the bus. I think so. I that's how I felt. I was like, this movie should end now, and then do Mm -hmm. go to the present day, and I think that would have been a better ending. I think the dancing scene took away. It's not bad. It's not Mm -hmm. done bad. It just felt like it like the they did a lot of like the lens flare kind of thing and like. Mm the like jazz jazz band kind of thing and it just felt like it was a funeral and they're celebrating but uh like uh but it was weird i don't know that did it didn't like i didn't hate it hate it but it but also in it just felt like not the way to end it Um, yeah i would i would have rather had like fast forward just even if it was only like four or five years to whenever the grandma passes and the boy's just going back to belfast and just looking around her like grow you know he's a teenager or an adult at this point and just looking back on all the places like where he grew up now that everybody's gone and what's left of it or something i feel like that might. well i think that's what the the seeing belfast today 
that's what that's supposed to do in a more abstract yeah. way. Like we, because the, the movie is all is not mm-hmm. about this family. The movie about Kenneth Branagh. The movie's about Belfast. Yeah. And uh, so, so we sit in that. There is a shot of the old city, and then we see it new. Um, and I think that would have been really good mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea. But uh, um. It does something to connect because the biggest connection in that film is the boy with the grandparents. So I feel like going back to that in a in a past like wh- where is where is it now? I think it like, was assumed that she'll like she'll be gone too by the time he oh, comes back. For sure, for sure. There's no like, she was 100 percent going to be gone. Um, um but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But good what movie. You, yeah, yeah. What are you uh, giving Belfast? Belfast. <sighs> Out of the theater, I said four and a half, but after talking about it, I'm at a four. I feel like I always talk you down. You do. I ride a high when I leave the theater, and then you bring up things I don't really think about at the time because th- I'm just like kind of into it. You know? oh, I'm like, so I think that's fine. I debated on between a three and a half or a four. Um, I think I'm settling on a three and a half, but it is like it's like a three point seven five. You know, it's yeah. almost a four. Um, and honestly, I I don't know the right t- day. I could talk myself into a four right now, mm-hmm. even, you know, um, yeah, it's very, I, it could really go either way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely a movie that I could easily rewatch at any point. Like there's some of the movies we watch where it's like, I'll rewatch it, but maybe not for like an, an, a year or a couple months or something like that. I could put this on right now and be cool with it if it was on streaming. Um, but having said that, I know it's not a five. It's not a Minari. I know it's not a, yeah. Minari is such a good comparison to this movie because they, they Mm. do a lot of similar things. Um, and just like a cultural Mm. place of life thing. Um, and, uh, I think Minari is an example of a, of a near perfect version of the genre, but Mm -hmm. this is still a really, really, really good one. Um, yeah, and it's definitely a, a, not that hard of a watch, and it's not like the, the runtime makes it um, easy too. Um, mm. But yeah, all yeah. right. So Taking it back in time. Yeah, we're going back in time. We're How? going back in time. I was trying to think of something to say in a Shakespearean words, but I honestly, that shit is so hard. The I, yeah. I, I thought I yeah. knew this made it even harder to to to, to recreate after watching this. I had some uh, a translator. I, no, I had some <laughs> issues with reading Shakespeare in high school, as all kids do, because it's like it's so dry the language. Mm. Um, Rhys is apparently really into Shakespeare, but she wasn't familiar with his story. Um, she does. She said she doesn't. Have, she wasn't as into his historicals. Was the quote. Mm. But uh, she just, you didn't watch this with me. I watched this on my own. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really was surprised at how easy of a watch it was. Um, the, the format was really entertaining. It has style. The cast is, like, stacked. Um, the cast is stacked uh, for, you know, and it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining. Because I think, like even when you're bogged down by the dry dialogue and you don't understand what they're talking about, the film is really good about telling you with the showing, you mm-hmm. know, like it's like, well, even when it's like foreign language, you understand what's happening because you are seeing things happen. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of talking in this film for sure, but they do such a good job of illustrating what's happening. Um, and it really helps you follow along much better than just reading, you know, reading it. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's uh, why it works so well. I originally wrote down that they, uh, for the first half of the movie, I felt like it was more they said more than showed. But like up until the point where we get to the princess of uh, of the, the of the king of France when she's they, getting her hair done and learning the English stuff, they are. But because it's like a, it's a it's a play, you have to remember yeah, that it yeah. is a play. Oh, for sure. The um, but I guess I being an adaptation, you know, you could go one of two ways where it's more like strict, like it's gonna be, it's gonna feel like a play throughout the whole thing, or gonna more feel like a movie that just has some has like the ba- the dna and the backbone yeah that's the, these are very faith there's supposed to be very faithful adaptations mm-hmm. that's what I, his one thing point, is yeah at one point i was nervous though that the battle was just going to be through the narrator guy and we weren't actually going to see it or anything but i was very happy that that definitely brought things back up i was aware I of to... the battle i was aware that it's supposed to be really badass and uh, his speeches all around the battle are really good. Yeah, and even if you have have to sit through fifteen minutes of Kenneth Branagh before the battle starts, just he's actually Crispin Day. His monologues are pretty dope there, and uh, I was exposed to that through um, uh, a D and D YouTuber named Matt Colville. He did like streams talking about movies that inspired his campaigns and things mm-hmm. like that, and how to structure narratives, and uh, he brought up this movie and how it's one of his favorite movies and he played the scene the crispin day speech and how it's like one of his favorite scenes from a movie and then it made me think about oh, if we ever um it, it made me want to watch kenneth Branagh, and then this movie belfast coming out and we needed a movie to watch it's like oh well it's, it's two birds one stone then yeah it worked perfect <laughs> he's young in this movie too very um, young yeah well he's it, looking he looks very he young looks very time. young i think he's got to be late 20s early 30s at the latest um, yeah because he's, he's got a little he's bit of wrinkling now, in the eyes but he's 60 now and that's 89. 32 years ago so yeah he was in his 20s he was wow. in his 20s um, i gotta say for being in your late because being essentially my age and uh like writing and directing this and starring in it uh or writing i should say adapting and then uh this is big breakout this is nuts. This is so like I have some funny notes in here. That I'll talk. Well, I, I want to talk about when we specifically talk about the battle uh, part of the movie. But um, man, he is just going in on so much of this, and I did not think it would be that good with his delivery. Oh um, my god, uh, his acting is so it's over the top. Like but yeah, it's, in a it's, great way. But it's like it's, Shakespearean over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see yeah, people it, really get into a, a a theater scene, and they're like, yes, they are. Yeah, I worked with a lot of uh, actors that have like come from theater before in the past, and it, it's a struggle because a lot of people can't translate because in theater it's all about the big, so the people in the back of the audience can still get it. And but for the movie, it's all uh, for film, it's all about subtlety. And I feel like this was a nice in between the two because it was it felt real and it felt so like. Uh, inspiring and just big and build up and just such a crescendo and every every speech that Kenneth Branagh did and every honestly every act of this movie that he's in he has the same like crescendo build up into yes something. he starts and, off uh, soft he's like honestly you know who is very reminiscent of it um is uh is uh in the Knight's Tale um Paul Bettany's oh, yeah. character yeah. he does that same thing where he's really soft and, and he just starts building and building. And it's he's, he's like a writer, and he's very Shakespearean the way he talks. Yeah. Uh, I don't oh, know if that's man. a direct influence on the performance, but, man, that's what it reminded me of. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll fight with this guy. I'll fight the, for um, you, King. 
my only issue with the things though is a lot of and it didn't have but a lot of these when he starts going off um i guess monologuing um he'll he'll i think like to me i would say he hits peak crescendo and he like he screams or whatever and then he comes back down and he starts talking again and which is fine but then it rebuilds up well, yeah it that's just, how it makes it feel I, long yeah that's how that's how uh the jeffrey chaucer speeches were in that in night's tale but i think they're shorter so you don't get fatigued yeah um, i felt like it when it hit its peak it i felt like fulfilled and then after that it just became it's loud quiet it loud was, man loud quiet yeah. loud it's just like nirvana <laughs> but when it got to the point where it was like midway through recrescendoing again that it's like oh, all right this i've i feel like you're just saying the same things over again with just different words but i'll never know because i had such a hard i with subtitles on had to keep pausing and rewinding shit because i just i couldn't I had a hard time following what they were saying like i got the gist of what was happening because of like the context and I, that's what and i was saying like but, and I, I if i had trouble in that way i would figure out what was going on by the context yeah. the body language and i think that's like that's what makes this a really good way to digest to expose mm -hmm. somebody to shakespeare because it's like um it's like training wheels you know it's yeah. like it's bridged it's you know half as long and uh it's uh it has a lot of it's very visual and it's not like you know like you said it's just people talking in stages but the performances mm -hmm. also i think carry a lot of the body language the the mm -hmm. way they're speaking like uh, the the musicality of the vo their voices there's a lot of people mm -hmm. yelling and talking quietly there's a lot of boisterous characters um in the film um and i do want to talk about the cast and some of the actors because uh, there's a lot of people that you've seen and things um the, yeah there's a surprise cast uh that i didn't know until i read it in the opening credits <laughs> Um, so mm -hmm. the one that got me was the guy who plays Hagrid, um, in Harry Potter was the, uh, the guy at the end, uh, the guy at the end who dies and then they go see, you know, they go visit him and then he tells these stories and then he died. They finally died. Like wait, the guy wait. with the messed up nose. There's the guy with the messed oh, up nose, oh, okay. yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah. the, the corporal guy. And then there's the, the guy with the shitty teeth. And they go and visit yeah. this guy with a big fat man with a big hat and a big fancy yeah, mustache. Yeah, yeah. That's the I actor who plays now. Hagrid. Oh man, I didn't even realize that. That because uh, that's the one who's telling like banish everyone else, but don't banish me when you become king. Yes, yes, um, yes. Okay, yeah, that's wow. I didn't realize that. Well, he looks great in this role. Like, yes. Um, and uh, obviously Christian Bale was the other big one. That's the one that surprised the hell out of me because I saw his name I was like. Well, for 89, I have no idea what to expect for Christian Bale. And yeah, I, I, I didn't one. notice his name in the opening, but I saw, as soon as I saw his boy face, I'm like that. I recognize yep. them choppers anywhere. Fucking, he's got to be like, what, like 16 in this? Like, yeah, 14 maybe. Yeah, he's, he's dope. But it, hearing his voice, um, and so like high pitched, just so, so weird sounding. Cause he sounds just like, like old Christian Bale with just a pitch correction. Like, uh, it kept fucking with me the whole time, but uh, he was cool in it. It was real cool. Robbie Coltrane is the name of the actor who plays Hagrid. Robbie Coltrane, what a name! And apparently, he plays Valentine and from uh, Goldeneye. Remember Valentine? He's one of the characters you could pick in Goldeneye. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh that wow, he was played by Hagrid. Hagrid. He was based wow. on Hagrid. Um, yeah. So um, there's this a big ensemble cast. And, um, but there's some really cool little, like, all, there's the split up into acts. 
and some of the acts kind of are asides. Like I think one of them in particular is like not really that crucial to the story. And I found out mm -hmm. the characters in that act, specifically their names are Bardolph, um, Nim, and uh, Pistol, Ancient Pistol. And uh, those guys are apparently in multiple Shakespeare stories. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting too. There's like they're part of a you know a cinematic universe, if you will. The Shakespeare, uh, the Shakespeare, Cinematic Shakespeare the, the SCU, if you will. Yeah, yeah it, that's the thing. Shakespeare came up like as far as literature and like narrative stuff. He, he, or whoever, because some people say that Shakespeare didn't actually exist and is just actually a, a kind of compilation of a bunch of different writers. Some people think that he's a guy that stole the work of a bunch of different writers. Um, mm. So there's like no one knows. We don't really know who Shakespeare was actually. Um, ah, that's so wild. How do we like teach and obsess of all of his literatures? If we well, like... he's, he became a figure, like a legendary yeah. figure, and we know these are attributed to him. But but there's people that have theories about about yeah. it. Um, but but yeah, the uh, the scene with them were really interesting. But and like, and I wondered what the significance was to the film at large. But there's a scene later where one of them gets hanged for uh for robbing a, a church. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you're just like, oh man, like we got to hang out with you. You know, you guys are cool, and it was like a sad yeah. moment with the king, and and you know he like he like he had a relationship with that guy for a little bit, and um, but yeah, yeah, I felt the I thought Kenneth Branagh did a good job like conveying just like the the the, the not guilt, but just like the the remorse because he didn't want to have to do it because he likes the guy, but he's trying to build this like better world and has to have a zero tolerance thing. Um, I don't know. It was cool. I he, he did. I I'm very impressed with Kenneth Branagh on this whole performance in the movie. Everything he did, I just it sold for me. Um, and I could just I believe it for the time. Does that make sense? Like even though it is a little theatrical, I felt I believe I I would believe that everybody talks like that and just has that bravado and and just like eccentric eccentricness. Because I guess you'd have to to be able to convince people that yeah, I know you're king, but still you got to convince people to to want to overthrow France with you. Um, it's kind of hard if you'd be like a kind of lame duck. Um, yeah. Um, I, it really is interesting because like how the movie is starts. The first half of it is a bunch of just like dialogue scenes. Um, on mm -hmm. uh, and then the second half of the movie is bad like this huge bat like multiple battles and uh the battles really keep you entertained and then there's the the, the rousing speeches in between um and i think that that's the pacing of it and the the how it how it has energy that rises and falls those are the things that help it keep you engaged in it even when you're hard you know, even when you do struggle to follow the dialogue um to understand the dialogue you are still able to follow what's going on and that's i think mm -hmm. it may it's very very good for new people as far as the film itself um you know it's not the, the best film i've ever seen it's not a perfect movie to me mm -hmm. i don't know how to critique it because of it um because of this what it's about and i think that's the only really way you can uh lower it really is if you're you know how you feel about how it's how Shakespeare translates to the screen mm. and that and you know as a film um 
Yeah, but, that's uh, where my critiques come in. Uh, I I feel like it's very two dimensional, um, which is it's a, it's a stage play, so it's yeah. supposed it it's built to be that. But that's one of the toughest things when adapting like a a, a play like that to the stage is how do you create uh, visually a three dimensional. Um, you know, set design and all that stuff. A lot of it just still feels like uh, a perfect example is like whenever Hagrid, I'm just going to call him Hagrid, but whenever Hagrid is d- uh, dead and all the, the pistol and all them and the boy, Christian boy are all just sitting on the steps Christian. with Judy Dench. <laughs> are all sitting on the steps with Judy Dench and they're just talking and it's only cuts in for just a couple close-ups of whoever's talking, but it mainly holds in a wide and it's just like, that's a play. Um, but it's like uh, there's things like that. I feel like you I like just... I I think at work though. Like I like the I like the like, melding of the play does. vibes to into the cinematography because there are mm. there is cinematography at times. Yeah, like, it's not all two dimensional, but largely like the battle is kind of yeah, when the, the battle is specifically not the first one, but the the big one is mm-hmm. where it very much becomes three dimensional, like a regular film. Um, like if the battle shot, I think there are battles that we've seen in films that have probably been inspired, influenced by the way mm-hmm. this one was put together. Um, it's done really well. Um, but yeah, I can agree with that largely. Um, so if like, if you're in, if you want to see if it looks flat, it could look flat mm-hmm. to you. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about the style though, that it has. Um, cause we, we, I mean, we talked about the style in terms of the Shakespearean style, but we do, I don't think we've talked about the style that it brings to Shakespeare. Um, which, okay. uh, like the intro, uh, and all the stuff with the, like the chorus, like with the introductions to the acts, the narrator mm-hmm. played by Derek Jacoby. Um, it's yeah. actually chorus is the name of that role in the Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. And the chorus plays a part in, you know, multiple of his plays. Yeah, I was gonna ask you how you felt about the the modern day narrator just that walked in and out of the scenes. I thought uh, it was super fucking cool, and I yeah. li- at first I was like, "What?" I first I didn't know. I'm gonna be honest with you. At <laughs> fr- it went the opening thing with the they're on a set, like we saw it, we're seeing behind the scenes of the movie. Mm. I was like, "Oh man, this I don't I'm a little worried about this." And uh, but you know what I loved when he when he uh, closed that door and then it reopened and we were in the old times and at yeah. the very end of the movie the door closes again and yeah. it's over. I thought that was so cool. I thought that was really good. I was like, "What!" I exclaimed at the beginning when it happened. <laughs> um, that uh, was just, yeah. that, there's moments like that where they're like uh, the style the, uh, gives it some energy to uh, yeah. such old such old stuff. I didn't like him at first, but I, I what sold me on the whole thing in general was uh, when he just shows up in the battle part and he just starts talking in the middle of the the first battle. Um, yeah, he's like laying, he's like just pops out of the trench shit. one time. Yeah. yeah, he lay in dirt the one time. Yeah, there's a little, he's funny. He's Derek Jacoby's a great actor, um, longtime veteran British actor. Um, he's a, he's on, I know him from Doctor Who. He play, he had a he was the master for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a great actor. I don't know. I love that. I, I, at first, like I said, I didn't know, but as soon as that door thing happened, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the um, when he walk like the you have King Arthur and them walking up again, uh, up to the ocean, and then he just like walks up in his black trench coat and is just like, yeah, shit's going down. They're they're about to go here, and then the camera pans over to just like the beach and everything, and it, I don't know, it was cool. It was definitely uh. An easier way to transition for th- from things. It's not like 
Well, and while I do like the opening narration in Dune from Lynch, this is done in a proper way. Uh, yeah, I think that that uh, uh, Red Letter <laughs> Media just came out with a uh, Dune oh, comparison. I, I'm, and I'm you got to see it because there's some things that we talked about that they talk about, and I think it's really funny. Um, particularly, yeah, they talk about it. the intro. They talk about the intro, and I thought it was really good. Um, but yeah, I overall though I very much enjoyed this. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I was very surprised how much I did. Uh, I was expecting a three for me, and I'm not saying it's much higher than that, but I was like, uh, I was also prepared to be bored, and I was neither. Yes. I was not bored. I was prepared to be bored, and I was mostly not bored. I definitely, but I, I, my thing is just I felt like a lot of the monologues just they felt like they went on too long. Um, just this is something. It's another one of those things where it's like shave 10 15 minutes off and i might have a completely different opinion um but it's such a big story and this is already cut down into two at two seven two hours 17 so it's you know i gotta pick and choose my battles exactly that's why i think i i'm a little more forgiving with that as Mm -hmm. keeping in mind that the most of the plays are like four hours long um i wanted to talk about emma thompson we haven't brought up emma thompson yet um, how did you feel about her scenes and her whole part? Because obviously her character is not written very well in a modern way, <laughs> as far as what she does and and uh, you know. And we were referring to the uh, the princess, his cousin. Yeah, yes, princess is played by Emma Thompson. I uh, she you know they eventually got married. They got married after this movie in real life. They've divorced wait, uh, since then. Uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Brown and Emma oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, I was like, yeah, there was a wedding scene at the end of the movie. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Kenneth but, Brown uh, and Emma Thompson. Interesting. But uh, I I liked it. I thought I loved the playfulness of the scene. I liked her, the like, language scene. I liked yeah. the interpreter scene. But then I feel they like... they didn't do subtitles. I feel like the scenes with uh, after that were, were weird. I was like expecting more from her character after that really good first scene. But Does she have... Was, much else after that until uh he she comes has the scene with him thing. he has a scene with him when he tries to kiss her and she says no yeah yeah and that's and like then, it. and then, and the then, marriage then they get married at the end and she doesn't talk for any of that yeah the movie ends. yeah i like yeah that i think i didn't like i didn't really like that but that's kind of a product of the source it, material a little bit uh, yeah like I, and that's is i guess this goes back sort of to you but based on this movie like if this movie was it uh, I would say that that doesn't even need to be in there. Yeah, I, I would say that as well. And I felt no that bearing. way. Um, you could have, yeah, you could have even made, if you were going to make her background, if, if she was going to be background, you could just kept made it even more background. <laughs> like just not even have the scene, the translator scene. Yeah. And there's I think 15 they wanted minutes give, gone. I think they wanted to give her a, a good scene since she's mm-hmm. going to be in it. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, that's basically it. Oh, I have a couple weird notes. I know in multiple scenes, people spit on themselves in this movie yep. because they're delivering so powerfully. It's not just Kenneth Brown, though he does it more than once. Yeah. It's like, I think they like do it on purpose to like, it's to convey the passion. Like, I don't mm. even care that I'm talking so loud. I'm spitting on myself. Um, but yeah, multiple characters do it. Angel pistol. Does it once, uh, mm. actually probably a couple times. He's kind of gross. Um, yeah, a lot of spitting on themselves because everybody's just so passionate and yelling. Um, I can't. We talked about Brian Blessed on this, or was that beforehand? Because he's, uh, uh, he's uh, we talked about it earlier his, on the other one. His performance is pretty subdued on this, but he oh, is I like notorious for having really big, big performances. He's got a huge mouth. 
Um, do you know that he played Boss Nass in Phantom Menace? In Phantom Menace? Yeah. Boss Nass. Oh, okay. I had to think the for Gungan a second. The Gungan leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I yeah, I, I didn't just... even know who this dude was until now. Uh, yeah, he's in a lot. He's in other things. He's done voice acting. Um, love his voice. It's so good. Yeah, he's got a good voice. That's that's definitely his thing. Um, he sounds yeah. like the cool doctor with the earring from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and, and I love it. I can't unhear that. <laughs> oh, uh, Matt Barry, isn't that Matt Barry? Uh, I don't know. He's like the. He's like the. Mm, excuse me. Uh, what is it? How does he go? He's like, you're not going to get away with this, Garth. Like that kind of guy. Like I think sounds that's ridiculous. Matt Barry. I'm pretty sure it's Matt Barry. All right, if that's the case. Then yeah, they just, they sound very very like to me. Um, but the battle. I, this is my funny note that I want to talk about. It. The big battle. It's after the battle's over. They've already counted the dead. Uh, and Kenneth Branagh's got uh, Christian Boy on his back. And so I the whole time I'm watching this because oh, Christian Boy died. Yeah. And so it's it's about five to what felt like five to ten minutes. It's at least five, but it felt like five to ten minutes of oh, Kenneth the, the tracking shot. Dr- yeah, trucking through the woods. That was dope. Oh my god, and, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. That was well, cool. So yeah, it's cool. But I the whole time I'm watching it, I just kept thinking, this motherfucker. He's like, I'm starring in my own movie that I'm directing. I'm gonna have this scene where I'm just the coolest fucking god guy, just walking through this shit. We're gonna hold on it for like ten minutes straight, and I just like, like jokingly think of this to myself, and I was just like, yeah. it's a, honestly, there is a little <laughs> bit. Of, he gives off that vibe, and on and the character of Henry the Fifth seems. He, I was waiting for him. I didn't remember. The, I don't know the story, so I thought that he was gonna get some. He's gonna eat shit at some point in this yeah. hero's journey. Because he's so fucking cocky uh, and confident and uh, kind of douchey uh, sometimes in this movie. Uh, And I just, like, expected something to happen and it never did. I'm just, nope. This is just straight power fantasy. Uh, I was just like, I'm so cool and good that I'm writing in this 10-minute scene of just me. It's not 10. It's more like five. There's five minutes uninterrupted, uncut of walking. I'm going to carry this boy. And what everyone's going to think I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think about the scene, uh, and this is more about the Shakespeare probably, but the scene at the uh, um, at the camp at night when he's like, I'm going to mm. disguise myself and hang oh out my with God. my troops and then, tell them the out, and then tell them how cool I am. And, tell them <laughs> out. and they're like, they're like, well, they're like talking shit on the king. And then he's like, well, uh, I think the king's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought it was it was funny. I, I thought it was yeah. funny. I don't know if it's supposed I mean, is to it be, meant to I, be funny. Yeah, I don't know I, if it's meant to be. I don't. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I thought because it, it's like, man, what a douche. Man, the king is a douche. <laughs> he is. He's kind of. I mean, he's he just he drinks his own Kool Aid. Like he, he's really he believes it. He's yeah. He believes his hype, and I think he uses he tries to use that energy to lead to lead his men to battle. <laughs> yeah. Like, my, let my bravado and confidence you know carry you all. Because like I think the final battle is four to one or something like mm. that. Like yeah. they're outmanned four to one. Or f- I think it's five to one. Yeah, something like that, and they win, and uh, because of the archers. And, yeah, uh, I was gonna say, how the fuck did the French not have archers too? That's what I didn't understand. If if you're doing this big ass battle, why doesn't everybody have archers? It might be you know, like the uh, I don't know, but the British are because uh, I know this from Age of Empires too. But the British have long bowmen and they shoot you know shoot extra far. They they uh they're famous for their long bows. I don't know if that's yeah. what was happening here. 
but that's that, what I took my head cannon was. Yeah, I was like they this this felt like three hundred this battle, um, and I think it's supposed to feel like three hundred. Like oh, I mean not the new movie, but you know you know what I mean. Um, with all like it's the, one of those the, kind of stories, yeah, yeah, like the scrapped, the, the scrappy un- uh, uh, stakes in the ground, yeah, insurmountable and, odds. Yeah, the fucking just all the bows even look like they were just made that day out of whatever. They yeah, they find. did not look like, good. The sh- those shots were not the best shots of the movie of the yeah, bows being shot. I thought you can that. tell all of the money went into you know the the hundred guys on screen slapping each other with swords. Uh, definitely none went into the bows, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I like the battle scene overall, though. That was battle cool. scene was awesome. It's the best part of the movie. Yeah, I thought the first battle scene was good because of the expl- the ridiculous expl- the siege. Well, like, it was like we all ran in and then they all ran yeah. out. It was it kind of reminded me <laughs> of Monty Python a little bit because yeah, they all ran in and then like run away, run away. <laughs> like um, I didn't, I got so confused because it was like I thought they just ran in and then it looks like they run out, but then it cuts back to them and they like won the town and they're in again. And I'm well, how the fuck? Like what? I don't know. I, I it was hard to like find your um your 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 place in the setting if that makes everyone's sense. just so muddy also in this movie yeah, just, every- yeah everyone's wet because it's always raining uh it's always lightly raining and uh everybody's covered in mud yeah and it was the way that the the the, the soldier outfits were too i was like man is no one wearing armor or whatever but they are it's just they have like leather the, it's like when you we wear t-shirts over our shoulder pads yeah gambesons <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's kind of like that yeah t-shirts over shoulder pads <laughs> um so that was, but it was cool though i like that it, because of the uk is so many different things everyone's wearing like different crests and stuff but it's like they're, they're all the same team but even though none of them are all wearing like uniform crests because they have like in- the feudalism yeah like they're working yeah. from different dukes and whatnot yeah and uh and i i, I like that the that king harry uh wore like the the, the french saints thing on his outfit because he believes to be himself as the king of france um oh, that was cool i was just like little thing that i wasn't crazy about his just bright blue and red outfit uh until it became dirty after the battle then it looked cool but um i don't know it was it's it was cool i thought the, the battle was a little long but it was definitely the best part of the movie <clears throat> yeah i liked it i liked it um but i was into i think i was into the before the battle honestly even more like i was like the battle was the payoff and i enjoyed mm. the payoff but i was really into the build-up before that with the like i said the camp scene and the mm. the first battle and like the scene where they hung that guy like the and like i was interested in the in the stuff with the with those the ancient pistol and and i and the randolph or whatever his fucking name is um <laughs> I thought the stuff was all good, and then the battle was just kind of like the payoff. And then I was kind of expecting it to end not far long after that, and I think there was just like one extra scene after that than I thought. And uh, um, so then I think I was starting to check out by the end. Yeah, um, once they because they have the whole thing talking about uh, oh they killed all the boys in the luggage. You can't do that; it's against the rules. And then you have the. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's uh, red carpet walk in the tr- uh, for five minutes, and then after that, it's like some more talking stuff as they're like go they go over the dead count and everything, uh, which also nuts. They lost thirty people and the French lost ten thousand. How the fuck does that even happen? Like number if you're down five to one, that just seems like 
you're losing more than 30 people. I, but I don't know. I guess yeah, they, is, it don't add up. But uh, you know, I guess um, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed it's to think too much about that. Maybe. But all right, I think I'm ready to to wrap it up here. What are you giving Henry the fifth? Uh, I'm sitting at three and a half. I think I'm sitting at three and a half also. Um, Ooh, two three and a halfs for you today. Oh, actually, I gave it a I gave it a four. I gave it a four earlier, but I think I'm bumping it down to a three and a half. <clears throat> Definitely, definitely cool. good. Yeah, and I'm down to watch more of this. Um, yeah, a Hamlet's supposed to be his magnum opus, but Hamlet is for his. It's like not abridged. Like he's like, I got to do one oh. where I go all out, and we don't abridge this shit. And Jesus. I and I think that's fair considering this yeah. is his thing. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be the the magnum opus. Is there, I wonder if there's a shot of him since they have the the runtime of him just walking tracking for ten twenty minutes. Just fucking carrying toothache bags of like feed and just shirtless and hunky. He did um, Murder on the Orient <laughs> Express a few years ago. I saw that. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that was him. I Kenneth Branagh is one of those things where it's like I had heard the name before, but I never knew what from. And then Thor, the, the first Thor movie came out, and it was like, and everyone says when I read into movies, like, oh, like big time director Kenneth Branagh, um, like big being like. He's like well acclaimed, uh, and then after that, I was like, kind of didn't really know any more of what. I didn't look into it enough, but uh, yeah, this is super cool. He's definitely on my my list of directors that I definitely want to get back, get into more. Uh, yeah, I I agree. There's I think there's a lot to glean from his work because of the theater that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, that's its perspective that you're just not gonna see as much from f- just film guys. Yeah, it's like it's what is that the Nicolas Cage thing? He's like tries to bring theater into into everything he does, and that's why his it's performances. So yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, yeah. excited. Let me look at the calendar real quick, uh, and uh, we can think about what we're doing. What's next week? I think we have House of Gucci: The Last Duel. I heard House of Gucci is not uh, getting good reviews. It last still got good reviews, but bombed. I don't even know how we're gonna. That's the thing is, I don't know how, how we're gonna watch Last Duel because I don't know where it's where you can see it. Is it not? Is it? Uh, it's not in streaming yet, and it's no longer in theaters. Oh, it's no longer in theaters. Mm-mm. Jeez, how did that happen? I thought it just came out. It came out a couple months ago. Oh, also Gucci just came out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Uh, I think it came out in October. Um, I'm just curious because Adam Driver's in both of them, and they're also both the same director. Yeah, that's why I wanted to see them together. I'm mean, we'll have to see if we we can find something out. But at the very least, let's do House of Gucci. Um, if we'll just have to replace the other with Prometheus. Um, we can do another Ridley Scott movie if we can't figure out a way to the last duel. But I, I feel like I wanted to. I really wanted to compare these two movies because, like. I think it's if interesting for a director to release two movies this close together. And yeah, especially because of the circumstances. And we've already um, done one of his films, and I've seen a couple of his films recently, so I'm ready to talk about Ridley Scott. Um, I was going to say, if they, if we can't find this, The Martian is a good one that could replace it, because it, it still has Matt Damon, so does The Last Duel, and I haven't seen The Martian. Matt Damon. Yeah, I would like to watch a good one. I've seen Hannibal recently, and it's okay, but it's not mm. great. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing about Ridley Scott is he's got good movies, but he's also got some stankies. 
Wait, he um, did Hannibal like the the science the science. Of he didn't sequel? do the original. Yeah, he did the sequel, not the original. Wow, I didn't know he did the the second one. The second yeah. one was the first one that I had seen out of the three of them. Yeah, I saw it recently because we've been on a Hannibal kick. Uh, nice. But uh, yeah, well, we'll I'll, I'll have to update y'all of what we end up doing. I'll try to see if I can find a uh, maybe some kind of you know thing. Um, wink, wink. But. <laughs> Um, but honestly, we should probably pick something that everybody can watch. So maybe we'll yeah. have to come back to this. Um, but he's also done Gladiator and Black Hawk Down, and I like those movies. Those are very good. I I would watch Gladiator again. That's one I haven't seen forever. Uh, he's, the first Alien is probably oh we should honestly consider that because that's one of my favorite horror movies uh, probably. Um, I'd be down with that. I, I I figured we'd try to stray away from the the franchise stuff to fit with House of Gucci, but the, yeah, I'd that's be down true. With Alien. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's actually a good point. Um, well, because <laughs> Aliens we'll should be its it. own like episode with the other Alien like, to compare with Aliens. Uh, I would think, but because uh, it's like two big time directors and two different ways to do like that subject. Matter. That'd be yeah, I agree. That'd be good of, of to do them together. Um, okay. Um, All right, you got me. Fine, Alien Covenant. We're in. Lock no, it. No, fuck that. <laughs> no way. Um, so, all right, uh, we'll we'll figure that out, and we'll come back next week. Uh, me and Corey are gonna do some talking after the episode, and and try to think about um some. We're trying to stack some ammo in case. I know that this was a late one this week, um, just due to some emergencies. Um, I'm all right, but uh, but some health things, and uh, we will um. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll regroup and uh, we'll get some stuff ready for you, and we'll keep the keep the hits coming. Yay! All right. Train don't stop, no stops. Uh, don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe on all the things Spotify, YouTube, uh, all everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, let let the world know how you feel about the boys. Uh, yep. Yeah, please say nice things. All right. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs> See you, everybody.